Welcome to another edition of SEC Primetime. I'm Max Starks. He's Clint Sterner. And yes, this is absolute craziness, Clint. Hey, Max. Hey, yeah. Max. Hang on one second, man. <laughs> I got I got the old uh, I got the old igloo with some silver bullets over here when y'all get ready, man. <laughs> yes, so that's the precursor right now. Apparently, because Arkansas has now hit that seven-win threshold, he is tapping the rock. Is, is it cold mountain filtered? Is it cold mountain filtered? <laughs> the world's the world's most refreshing beer. And my boy Sam Pittman got an igloo full of brother. It is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful day in the hog hood, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, how you doing, Big Mac? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We we got we have we have a nice show. We got some great headlines. That's a great precursor because we are going to talk Arkansas. We are going to talk about the flop that is Texas A&M. We're going to talk about my Gators. We're going to have a heart-to-heart about Dan Mullen and where he's at right now with that squad. And we're going to talk about, of course, some Georgia. Um, we're going to look at that Bama matchup with Arkansas, and we are going to fill all the SEC wants and desires in this podcast for this week. And so I think it's only apropos that we start out with Jimbo Fisher for as much goodwill as Jimbo Fisher has now earned. He is now sitting at the bottom of the roller coaster again, wondering, does he have enough inertia to get back up that hill to finish out this season? Because let's just face it. This was a game they should have had. This is a game they should have won. This is a game they should have been on top of it. And let's just call it what it is, man. That that was a whole lot of stink. I mean, there was a whole <laughs> lot of stink out yep. there. It was smelly. Uh, the, the sewage crew needed to get out there uh, because th- th- this was not what we were expecting. I mean, for as much praise as we had given Zach Kelzada, as we'd given this defense and where they had come dug themselves out of right from the beginning of the season so now we expected this to just roll and Ole Miss just rolled on past them and didn't think two two things about them and so where are you at what is your thoughts initial shock or reaction I guess I shouldn't pre as I shouldn't lead you and bait you into that what's your initial reaction (laughs) when you look at the result of this game well, look, I, look, I'm not shocked that Ole Miss beat A&M. I mean, Ole Miss is a really, really good football team. But the fact of the matter is, is if, if you're if you're an Aggie sitting here today, you got to be concerned about Jimbo Fisher in the direction of this program because the, the truth of the matter is they'd already lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State this season. So that made the, the Ole Miss game a damn near a must-win football game. And they, they didn't only lose that football game. They were completely overwhelmed by the tempo of Ole Miss's offense in the first half, which overwhelms a lot of people. But let's be honest, when we talk about Texas A&M, we're talking about Texas A&M in the conversation with Alabama and with Georgia and typically with the Clemsons of the world, the OUs of the world, uh, the Ohio States of the world. That's the expectations at A&M. And after you lose two early season games, yeah, you say you were young and you you had a, a quarterback get hurt. But here you go, you've matured, you've developed, you, you th- the stars appear to have aligned, and you go lose to an Ole Miss football game. That was a must-win game if you were going to have a chance to, to, to sneak into the SEC West uh, championship there if Alabama were to lose. There was a lot on the line, and, and A&M, they pissed down their leg. I mean, Max, here's the truth of the matter. If, if we are really having an honest conversation about A&M, like I said, they, they should be discussed in the realm of all the teams I just mentioned, the top 10. Let's say the top 10. And the truth of the matter is if you talk to AM, well, they lost four offensive linemen. Well, they got a starting quarterback hurt. Hey, man, this is Jimbo Fisher's fourth recruiting class. He's had four recruiting classes. This is his fourth year. He's had four recruiting classes. I don't want to hear about you lost four offensive linemen, you lost a quarterback. Georgia lost nine to the draft last year. Guess what they got? They got 17-plus guys lined up this year to be in the draft, and they're damn near unbeatable. That's the conversation A&M's in, and, and I, I just – I think there's big problems in College Station, man. I'm not saying that 
that Jimbo Fisher needs to go or anything like that. Look, I, that, that's silly. But the fact of the matter is, is boy, they, they got, they're in a tough spot right now. This has to be a very, very disappointing year. Because, Max, if you, look at, if you look at the SEC West, Sam Pittman is in year two, still playing with, with hell, some of Chad Morris's players, ultimately. And he's got as many wins as A&M's got. And he, and he won the head-to-head versus A&M. Now, he doesn't have the, the Alabama victory, but he did. He does have the same record and did beat them head-to-head. I just think if you're A&M, you got to look at that and say, damn, we're, we're, on the same, we're on the same level as Sam Pittman at Arkansas right now, four years in, with the money we're paying Jimbo Fisher. Ooh, man, we got to sit back and have some hard conversations this offseason. Well, and I, and I think I think you're right because here's the thing, because Texas A&M, yes, they lost to you, but they also didn't have the same road that you had. You went y'all 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 beat up on Texas, and y'all had a tough matchup against Georgia. So Texas A&M, I'm like, yeah, that Bama win looks good, but when you've lost to the entire state of Mississippi, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying this season. And, and and you lost to Arkansas. Like you're not as good as we want to think. That that top five preseason looks a little looks a little plasticky. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and and you and you should have, like you said, four years of doing this, you should have your ducks in a row. You should be coming in waves with 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 with, with what you have there at Texas, especially with the funding that you have. It should not have looked like that with a banged up Matt Corral and an old miss team that looks lost at times, like you should have been able to, you, tempo should not overwhelm you. Yep. You should be able to combat tempo. You've got fast players. You have seen the tape. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is army because we never play against a triple option. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, this is just yeah. hurry up tempo pace. This is that, that's all it is. Still the same guys on the field. You're still playing against some version of the spread. And you let Jerrion Ely rip you apart for 152 yards on top of that. Now that bugaboo of run defense creeps its ugly head again when you thought you had kind of tampered it down. So that that's the one frustration. Well, Max, you got you got to look at it as right now I hear a lot of, well, they lost a lot on offense and they had to replace some guys, right? And, okay, well, then they should be better next year, right? Well, guess what? They're going to lose a bunch of NFL caliber players off that defense to the draft this year. So what are we going to do? We're going to sit here next year and talk about, well, you know, AM, man, they just lost some guys to the to the to the the uh the NFL. I, I look, I think there's teams out there, like I think, I think Kentucky, I think Arkansas, I think uh, you know, some of those Auburn, I think there's some mid-tier teams, Ole Miss. That hey man, when they get when they get a run of about five or six players that leave for for the pros, man, it hurts, man. It hurts in a yeah. major way. But A and M ain't one of them teams. A and M is A and M is squarely in the conversation after four years with Jimbo Fisher, with the LSU's, the Alabamas, the 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 Floridas, the Georgias in the SEC, and that's how we should. That's where the discussion should start with Jimbo Fisher to sit here and talk about well. He lost this or he lost that. No, man, you're talking about top recruiting classes right now when you're asked about taking the LSU job, right? I've, I've been bombarded down here in Houston with, with former players from A&M talking about Jimbo Fisher's a great developer. Well, then don't tell me about what he's losing to the draft. We're, exactly. we're beyond that point. We're beyond yeah. that point, right? And so, I, look, again, I just think there is some – if you're an Aggie right now, man, you – you got to have some real serious, tough conversations with yourself and, and with your team about what's going on with Jimbo Fisher. You, you can't pay a man that kind of money and give him that kind of job security and then go out there and get you seven or eight dubs a year. That ain't what they're paying for, man. No, and to not have an SEC championship appearance and getting paid that much money. Like, at least make it to the game to where you have a shot and then get blown out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But to not yeah. even make it to that dance, and we're relying on getting to a January, you know, a January one bowl is the mark of success. Not for that dollar amount. That's I say right. that because, like you said, Sam Pittman. Listen, listen, Sam Pittman's getting compensated this much, and guess what? He's going to be at a January one bowl at the rate he's going. <laughs> you know, yep. I think that's where we kind of have to look at it and say, 
It doesn't add up because the cost of living in Texas ain't that much greater. It's not New York City. <laughs> That's right. Have it's not L.A. Not the USC job, yes, the number's going to look crazy, but wait till your taxes hit. Trust me, it evens all out. Um, <laughs> property taxes are a mug out there. But I think – that's kind of where we're at, where we're like, man, Jimbo, this was supposed to be, you're the quarterback whisperer, you're you're the recruiter, yep. and and all I'm hearing is about what you don't have. I'm like, you wasn't saying that when y'all went into Alabama, and then we came out with the victory, and That's Ole right. Miss got mollywhopped by Alabama, and, they, and Ole Miss hit you with the shock troops. They went and did blitzkrieg on you in the first half, and you had nothing to show for it. Not a nam nutter point. That, let's just put that Not a nam nutter. Zero. Goose eggs. It ain't even egg bowl season yet, and you had a goose egg at the end of the first half. You know, so it's like, you know, that's the frustration. That's the frustration yeah. with watching it. But that's all. But, you know, I will say this. That's the craziness of this season, of football in general. The entire yeah. system of football – is turned upside down. For college, it's the year of the super senior, right? It's the COVID aftershock season <clears throat> where you have teams who can make these runs because you have a bunch of super seniors. But in the NFL, the same thing's happening. So I look at it across just the football landscape of what I'm watching over the weekend, and no matter how good you guess, you're still not going to be right, except for your top two. That's the only yep. two you, you could really feel comfortable about, right? Georgia's going to be Georgia. Bama, outside of that A&M game, is going to be Bama. And, they, and and it was a layup game. So I think when we look at it, it it's it's going to be something I think we're going to continue to, you know, analyze going forward because I think it's, it's questioning, was there so much put on Haynes King to be that saving grace? And then, you know, Calzada kind of came yeah. in and, and, and changed what their trajectory was. But I didn't see anything from Haynes King when I watched him that was going to say that they were going to be so, you know, astronomically better, exponentially better with him there versus Zach Kelzada. So now I'm like, Jimbo, well, who, how did you recruit these guys? What, what what did you see that made you say, I want to sign that kid? And then now that he doesn't perform to this level or what we expect it to be, that we're now putting this blame on him instead of focusing on the coach that's supposed to recruit yeah compliment that kid because you know what his skill set is so yeah it's one of those i look at it and i'm like you know i mean we're, we're just gonna have to play that old wait and see game i mean they got prairie view a and m so that, that they'll get they'll get to feel better about themselves this week but man like you said this was a must win because of the two losses you already sustained in the west now you put yourself squarely out of the conversation you are a non-starter a non-threat to the west now you're just praying that you can just stay in the top 25. So, and now a quick message from our sponsors over at BetterHelp. Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? Well, if there is, let me tell you guys about BetterHelp, professional help done securely online. Check out betterhelp.com slash primetime. BetterHelp will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, you could start communicating in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's an avenue to accessing professional therapy without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp has licensed professionals who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, as well as relationship and grief counseling. You can message your counselor at any time, and get timely, thoughtful responses. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you and do it in a manner that is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is available. So many people are using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com primetime. Join over the 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash primetime today. It is what it is, but let's move on to sunnier things. <laughs> move on to the good stuff. You know, where's that Coors Light at, Clint? Show me that Coors Ooh, Light. Come on, come on, baby. Let's get that bullet. Seven. Seven. <clears throat> let's let Let's talk about these hogs. Let's talk about them. Hey, let's, let's talk, talk about them. 
Let's talk about about all of the whoop ass that they brought on Saturday. And you know, I don't yeah. even want to preface it. I just want to let you go. Tell me how Arkansas did on Saturday. Well, look, it, it was a it was a game where they proved they're a three phase football team, man. I mean, they're a complimentary three phase football team because I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Kendall Browse and this offense has had a lot of success this year. I tip my cap to them. One of the top rushing teams in the country. And they've done a good job. But LSU had a hell of a plan. LSU had a hell of a plan. They, they changed their entire defensive scheme against Alabama the week before and had a lot of success. Well, guess what? They brought that same blitz-heavy approach to Arkansas. They were able to stop the run. They played defense sideline to sideline at an extremely high level. They tackled really well. All things that they haven't done all season long. And Arkansas was able to weather the, thorn, the storm because Barry Odom had his crew playing great, not good, but great defense. And, Max, he had two dudes in the secondary make big-time plays. Intercepts. They had three interceptions, and, and they were key plays in the game. They stopped drives. They stopped scoring opportunities. And Arkansas and K.J. Jefferson was able to do just enough to get over the hump and get the W. But the third phase – was absolutely huge. They had a fake punt, which almost gave them a chance to to, to get in position to win the game. And, and then, obviously, they had their little kicker, Cam Little, who's a freshman, who's an absolute rock star in Fayetteville right now, hit a couple of field goals that were absolutely, absolutely dead on. And, uh, man, he's, he's one of the most valuable players on that football team this year. They're, three, they're a three-phase football team, Max. And they're superstars, K.J. Jefferson and Cam Little. Uh, and uh, their defense as a whole stood up and played big in big-time moments, and they were able to get out of uh, Tiger Stadium with the with a big-time, big-time victory. LSU's playing really good football right now, man. Somehow, some way, Orgeron, I don't even know why, but somehow, some way, Orgeron's turned them around with that blitz-heavy defense, uh, and, and and them Razorbacks went down there and, 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 and had a, you know, it was a hard-fought ball game, and they won it at the end. But when your three phases are complementary, and your superstars play big in big time moments, then you win tight ball games in this in this middle of the pack SEC right now. And and Arkansas was able to do it. Yeah, and I just want to talk about the only touchdown scored in that game came by the Arkansas Razorbacks. That was KJ Jefferson hitting Johnson for that beautiful what was it forty something forty three forty five yarder. Yeah, for, yeah, for when he was ready. Yep. Um, you know, just I mean that that's the grit, right? Because the other thing I love, and this is always, as a lineman, this gets me excited, that time of possession. When I when I see that 30-plus and I see more than, more than about a five-minute differential in that spread when your boys had the ball for it was 37 minutes, that makes me happy because you know what? That's called ball possessing. That's ball hogging at its finest. And no matter how good your team is, you can't – get a way to have an opportunity to score unless you're like at Ole Miss, right? Unless you're running a million plays a minute, yeah. Chip Kelly type of up-tempo speed, mm-hmm. you can't you can't combat that. And, and Sam Pittman, this team emulates an offensive lineman's ethos, right? We are going to out-physical you. We're going to yeah. be tough. We're, we are going to be tougher than leather for this entire bout. That's, that, that, that's trying to hold together some, some overalls, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we are, hold on for dear life. But I think that's also right. It came in all three phases. It wasn't like one had to do so much. Everybody played together and everybody came together to make that wall and yeah. say, we weren't going to be denied. For an LSU team that's kicking, clawing, and scratching and says, we're not going to just lay down because our coach is gone, because the season seems seemingly lost. Yeah. All of the distractions that came from last year that leaked over to this year, everybody left. No, dang it. We're the LSU Tigers. We got pride. And I thought they played with a lot of pride in that game as well. But Arkansas went, gutted it out. They showed that they were the better team. We knew they were the better team. And they got the W that they needed to get, unlike Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Max, I One tell more you dig. what I – One more dick. I don't have a Coors Light. I just got a little cup of water. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll get the bullet for you. I'll, I'll cheers to you. There we go. But uh, look, I, I thought when um, when 
Ed Orgeron decided to go with Garrett Nussmeyer. I, I thought that was big for Arkansas because, yeah, that that's probably their better option at quarterback. I think long-term, it, the kid, that kid's got a little something to him. He brings a little juice, got a little swag. And, and I, I think that the, and it's natural, it's genuine, it's sincere. I think the guys responded really well, but it was still a really young quarterback. And Barry Odom, whether it's a, whether you call it a 3 2 6 or a 3 3 5, rush three, drop eight, however the hell you want to call it, Barry Odom was mixing up coverages. And when you plug in a very young quarterback that hadn't played a whole lot of college football, and I got Barry Odom on the other side with a pretty experienced group that, that knows how to mix coverages up. I thought at that point in time, I knew Arkansas's offense was going to struggle because LSU had a really good plan. And I'm going to be honest with you, Kendall Browse is is really handcuffed in, in terms of adjusting and all of a sudden having some dynamic pass game. That's just not K.J. Jefferson right now. And so he's really handcuffed to get away from what it is their identity is right now. And, and Garrett Nussmeyer getting in the game for LSU, I thought, okay, now you're going to have a chance to get some turnovers. Now you're going to have a chance to force this cat to throw the ball into coverage. Now you're going to be able to confuse him where that's probably possible with Max Johnson as well, but not as not as you can't do it as often as you can with a young quarterback. And so I thought that was key. And what happened? Garrett Nussmeyer, he made one big throw over the top for a touchdown early. But I, look, I thought Max, when he threw the touchdown to Besh over the top, it was a scramble, extend the play, you know, throw a 50-50 ball up. I thought, and even though the, the, the kid caught it, I was like, hell yeah. Because that gives this young kid confidence that he can continue to try to extend plays, continue yeah. to throw 50-50 balls. And I don't give a damn who you are. Um, that It's hard to win that way. And so, uh, look, I, I thought that played well in, into Arkansas's hands. And then a uh, big, big, big shout-out, man, to to uh, Monteric Brown, Buster Brown. He got two interceptions. Uh, maybe, hopefully, that, he's, always, he's a very talented cornerback. But this is one of those games that may have thrusted him into Max having a little bit of confidence and becoming a legit big-time corner in the SEC. And Miles Slusher, Miles Slusher had uh, uh, the biggest the biggest catch of the night, receivers included. I mean, it, yeah. it was an unbelievable interception. So big shout-out to those two DBs, man. Um, big win for them hogs, no doubt about it. And, and I want to ask you that because I think fans want to know, you know, when you have a young quarterback come in there, right, and what Barry Odom did, right? I mean, show five, drop eight. Right, and then you get a three-man rush. And now, how tight do those windows get for a young quarterback that would used to, like, okay, if it's a blitz, at least it's wide open. You know, the old adage, single high, let it fly. And now you got eight bodies sitting out there in a fence yeah. saying, I dare you. I dare <laughs> you to go ahead and throw this. And then for you to still feel comfortable as a – how tough is that for a young guy coming into a game? Well, it's really tough, especially one that's got a high motor and one that's bringing all that juice that Nussmeyer's bringing. I mean, he, you know, he wants to make the big play. He wants to make the big throw, and he can make those throws. But when you got a team that's dropping seven or eight into coverage, you got to have a guy that'll, that'll get through his progression and get to the check down. You got to have a guy that'll give up on the deep route early because he knows they're dropping seven or eight into coverage. And even if it's there, it's going to be a tough, it's a tough ass throw. So get to your check downs early. So that way your check downs have room to catch it, turn and run and make a play. The later you wait to get to your underneath receivers, the sooner those linebackers and the underneath coverage is clamped down on them. Now you got problems. And so, um, you know, it, it's very, very tough, Max. And it's very, very tough against Arkansas because Arkansas has, um, you know, Arkansas is doing some really good things with Barry Odom. But I, I think I really think what makes that scheme, Max, work and work really, really well a good chunk of the time is that you've got Grant Morgan, you've got um, Bumper Pool, and you got Hayden Henry. Those saying, three had a big game. He had a yeah, big game. Yeah. Hey, Max, but all three of those dudes are really, I mean, they're smaller linebackers, bigger safeties, dudes that can absolutely roll. And their ability to read and recognize whether it's the quarterback getting into his check down or it's a run play or it's a quarterback scrambling, their ability to get depth, take away the shots, take away the stretches down the field and then respond up and make a tackle for little to no gain, that's what makes this defense special. That's what allows Barry Odom to stop the run, stop the quarterback run, stop the underneath stuff for little to no gain, because that middle level, that second level of his defense, man, those guys are really, really good at what he asked them to do. You want to talk about a coach. We always say, man, 
the number one job for a coach is to put his players, whoever his players are and whatever their strengths are, put them in position to win with their strengths. Barry Odom consistently puts Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, and Bumper Pool in position to play to their strengths and win. And it's, it's, it's why that defense works. Well, no, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, we're cheersing that seventh win for Sam Pittman and those Razorbacks. And it, it was a great showing. Congratulations to them. I want to turn to another Western matchup because, listen, there's not a lot to talk about on the East. That's why we're going to be Western <laughs> heavy. Um, we'll get to Dan Bowen in a second. The Pirate coming yep. through the victory against Auburn in Auburn. Bo Nix, that first half, I remember watching it, and I was like, man, Auburn has come to play. They are giving – Mississippi State, all that they can handle. You put up 28 in the first half. You know, they looked, Mississippi State looked to be reeling. You know, you finally get a little action right at the end. But I'm like, man, how, how did this even get to this point? And then we, and then it was a tale of two halves. The second half, they adjusted and then they started giving uh Auburn some fits and then in the course of fourth quarter I mean you, you explode for 20 points to propel yourself ahead I mean yeah. just a did you expect this and then b just kind of what was your reaction to kind of Mike Leach just kind of look kind of give you one of those it's just what I do it's just what I do he kind of he right. had that walk-off feel when he left the field you know not too happy just kind of like yep they did what I expected them to do well look Max I, we've talked about this before man I, I think it's I, I just refuse to put expectations on an, an air raid football team I mean when and, and Mike Leach is the best in the business within in the air raid game right I mean they are going to win games that they have no business winning and they're going to lose games that they have no business losing and and you look at Mississippi State at halftime of this game they had no business winning this football game and because because of their willingness to take an unbelievable amount of risk with the football to drop back and 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 literally throw the football a million times a game it it bites them in the ass a lot of the times but when they're down like they were at half here um you know it, it gives them a chance or really down like they were going into the fourth quarter here um it, you know there's or actually it was half. Yeah, it was it was a half. I mean, it, it gives them a chance to come out and score a, a ton of points and win the ball game. So I, I didn't I expected Auburn to win this ball game. I expected Auburn to 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 see and smell the blood in the water that they've got a chance at, at making the iron bowl mean something. Um and I expect them to win this ball game. With that said, um it doesn't surprise me one bit that that uh the pirate uh, was able to come back, come out and do what he did in that second half, and his crew, his crew, uh, won that game in dramatic fashion. I mean, when you look at Will Rogers, I mean this this kid's this kid is is tailor made for the air raid. He can spin it around the park now. Well, I think about this: fifty five pass attempts. Mm-hmm. He went forty four for fifty five. Where were the DBs? That is my question. But <laughs> did, did I mean yes, they were there in number. But, geez, I mean, you think about this. Think about this number right here. If I told you a quarterback threw 27 of 41 for 377 yards and two touchdowns, what would you think about that game? Just no names involved. Pretty good. Yeah, probably won the game, right? Probably yeah, yeah, game. absolutely. Won the game, right? Yeah. And then I tell you, the quarterback on the other side, 44 of 55 for 415 yards and six touchdowns. We had dang near 800 air passing yards in this game. Where is the defensive backs? Where are they? Because they were not present on, they were not in Auburn, Alabama for Mm. either side. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's just a stat. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But it does, again, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, man. I mean, when, when, when Mississippi, when you got Mike Leach involved, man, there is there is no telling what can happen, and and this is just this is one game that's very indicative of that. I mean, they controlled the second half of that game as though it was almost like you know what we'll spot you, we'll 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 give you eighteen points. That's okay, <laughs> no problem. And then you reel off two tutties in the third. You reel off three tutties. I mean, it was just it was. It was one of those things I couldn't believe it because I because I was flying at that point watching right. the game on the airplane, and I'm sitting there, 
And it's funny the 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 LA Chargers scout who was headed to uh, headed to Pittsburgh with me. He, <coughs> we're both watching the game, and we're both kind of looking at each other like, "You watching this? Yeah, I'm watching this. Can you believe this?" <laughs> because it's like, "Oh man, Bo Nix is on, is on one." And then the second half, you're like, "Oh my God, Will Rogers is on one even bigger." Um, and so, but that's just the craziness of it, man. I mean, it's one of those things where I look at it and. People want to talk about the SEC and say, oh, man, they get so much credence. But this is what SEC football is all about. It, the, the separation, yes, you got two really elites this year in the top, right, in Bama and Georgia. They're, sure, they're, yeah, yeah. They're the top two. But that three through ten group can go dominate another conference. Agreed. Like they, 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 can, they can go to the Pac-12 and absolutely start kicking people in the face. They can go to the Big 12 and kick some people in the face, and they can even compete in the ACC. Pretty darn tough, if not be the best there. The only other place I question is maybe the Big 10. Just this different brand, a little bit tougher. That's probably the closer one. But the SEC cannibalizes itself, and we get better playing against each other than we do playing against any other competition normally. And I think that's kind of indicative of just where we're at. But it's so tough, and that's why – we can make predictions on this show, but predictions mean nothing because, like you said, you can pull a rabbit out of a hat or you can pull a yeah. parrot out of a pirate hat, I guess, when you're talking about my, my thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think that's kind of the coolness of it is that, yeah, I might be wrong and we might be wrong on our guesses, but guess what? We're always right because you're going to be entertained to a, to a really good game one way or another. I think that's, that's right. what you get when you pair SEC up competition now we could talk about the bottom two and my florida gators giving sanford hope and dreams and aspirations (laughs) but i think that that's kind of one of the things i look at and i'm just so proud to be a part of this conference and to talk about it because it is great football more often than not you're going to turn on sunday 3 30 catch that cbs primetime game and you're going to be treated and probably catch another one on the nightcap at the night game so I think that's just kind of one of the cool things. So to all those non-SECers and SEC haters, listen, until you can show us stuff like this, yeah. <laughs> until you can show us <laughs> a coach who's been fired, who's still coaching lame duck, had a bunch of opt-outs, got a bunch of things going on at that university, and still get those boys to come out and play tough week in and week out against some of the best in the country, then come holler at me. Because I've seen what USC does. I've seen yeah. <laughs> what 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 Clemson's looking like. I've seen what North Carolina's done at FSU over the last couple of years. Like, so don't sit here and oh, you know this. That. I'm like, these boys got heart down here in the Southeastern Conference, and these boys are going to play as long as you have fans, you have a field, and you throw some rush <laughs> out there. We will play have ball. We'll that's play. It. That's, that's it. That is, that's the other. That's, that's the unofficial SEC mantra. <laughs> <laughs> Before we continue on with the show, if you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all the hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or a side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much money, time, and stress during the holidays. How? By allowing you to access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off of USPS rates and 76% off of UPS. In 2021, if you're still going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com, it's like taking the stairs instead of the elevator, just going up a couple floors. Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, you could use a break. And if you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't do it sooner. So join Stamps.com now and save time and money this holiday season. And sign up with promo code PRIMETIME for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code PRIMETIME. Let's go on to a more somber topic. 
I'm doing my best to keep my emotions in check. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the uh, <clears throat> the Florida Gators, who are one. We did win. wasn't a, wasn't an SEC opponent. Hell, wasn't even an FBS opponent. <laughs> um, we played the 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 Samford Bulldogs. Is that what they are? I think they're Bulldogs. I guess right. Bulldog mascot. I'm guessing it looks like a bulldog. It looks like a bulldog terrier. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we got into a shootout with them. Now, granted, I'm happy we scored 70 points. I didn't think we could do that, but it's a, it's an FCS school. The yeah. FCS school. We gave up 52 points after cutting our our, our defensive coordinator. Grantham sitting at home like, ha-ha, <laughs> burger. <laughs> what did I do? Tell them, hey, tell them what I did against Bama. How many points I hold up against Bama? Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, you miss me now. Um, and we were losing at one point in this game, uh, Clint. We were losing. Yeah. It's 42-35. And I can just tell you, uh, the King's English did not fall on me during this game. I have to be honest. It was not refined language. It was a bit more crass. Um, there was a lot of things thrown um, around my house before I left for the airport. Right. Uh, <laughs> I apologize to my wife. I cleaned it up yesterday when I got home. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought Dan Mullen was safe, that this was just going to be an aberration year. I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, I Look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I said it two weeks ago, like you are crazy if you even shape your mouth to, to say that, that Dan Mullen should be fired. But after watching these last two weeks, I think my man's seat's got to be hotter than a firecracker. There's no question about it. I love Dan Mullen. I, I still, to this day, I think right now that Florida should keep Dan Mullen. I have a hard time, in my opinion, doing better than Dan Mullen unless they've got that guy picked out and that guy's available. Um, you're going to have a hard time really doing better than Dan Mullen, but there's no defending what we're watching now. I mean, it, it, it appears it appears that, you know, you start firing coaches, and, and and it's one thing to fire a coach, have an SEC opponent come in and beat you. It's another thing to fire a coach and have Sanford come in, and your guys look like they're not ready to play, they're not motivated, they, they're, they're, not, they have ze- they're bringing zero juice, um, they're, they're zero discipline. I mean, that, that's, that is a major, major problem, and it's happened two weeks in a row with the, with the Gators. And I, I think, I think there's a good chance that Dan Mullen, he, he better figure some things out here pretty quick this week or, or he's going to have a tough time keeping his job. I, I mean, I'm curious, you're closer to that program than I am. I'm curious to you to know your thoughts on, on whether uh, Dan's got a, got a good grasp on it or is he, is that seat getting hot? You know, I look at it. I think the seat's getting hot, man. I, I think when you just look at some of the uncharacteristic things that was going on in that game, the poor tackling just continuing to rear its ugly head, um, DBs blowing coverages. Um, there's no way that a guy by the name of Liam Welch should be in the conversation when you're talking about guys who, who had a big weekend. Like yeah. they got paid close to about probably a million dollars, right? To take that trip down to Gainesville. So you paid them to take you out to the woodshed and give you everything that they could. (laughs) And they gave it to you. Liam Welch just got on people's radar because of us. The boy threw for 400 yards. Like it, like you had a stat line that, that, that rivals, you know, what was played in that game. We just talked about Auburn and Mississippi state. Granted, You did throw the pick that kind of hurts you. Hell, Emory Jones. I was happy to see Emory Jones throw for 450 plus yards. I didn't think he had it in him. Six tutties. But it's Samford. This isn't Stanford. This is <laughs> Samford. Not e- this ain't even Samford and Son. <laughs> I would say that one better. This is Samford, FCS school. And so it was it was very bothersome. Um uh, this is a team that was in in the SoCon Conference, Southern Conference. They, they're fifth in the Southern Conference. We are a team that, like, when you talk about the teams that should be talked about, when you're talking about the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas of the world, your name was mentioned in those categories for a while. Yeah. What I've seen these last two weeks, it makes you say it in the same category with, 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 with a smirk, <laughs> Florida. Florida, right? 
It's not, it's, yeah. it's, okay, it, it's not Georgia, Bama, Florida. It's Georgia, Bama, <laughs> Florida, maybe. <laughs> you know, right. like, like Arkansas has now moved into that spot. Kentucky has moved into that spot. Hell, Tennessee ha- ha- has moved themselves into that spot. You are right mm-hmm. above South Carolina, who has beat you technically, so my, you actually might be below them, but you got more victories. Um, and then Vanderbilt. That's where you stand in the East as it stands right now. Mizzou, yeah. Mizzou is – actually, no, Mizzou and Vandy are below you. So, South Carolina is above you. I'm sorry. Let, let me get that straight because we are sixth in our division, not the conference. We're sixth in the division. And that's, that, that's something that even as bad as McIlwain was, even as bad as Muschamp was, guess what? Still made it to SEC championships. Still was able to muster it up, whether it was all defense and no offense or all offense, no defense. Um, actually, I want, I'm not even going to put that on the defense in that situation. Those years, it was the defense carrying us. Our offense had no clue. Um, it, it's frustrating to see that as a proud Gator. Like I'm still going to root for my boys, but it's tough to see it and to know that there is – something missing there and i just wonder on campus is that something where it's going to be you know the rumors and the murmurs get louder and louder to where you do force a situation out because we we know it's firing season we had we had we had a couple more this past weekend right you dub jimmy lake gone uh the boy from southern utah gone so People are already starting to pole position themselves for for a hot and heavy uh, interview season coming up. Uh, So I I think it's tough for me to say that it's not. I mean, you know, you got two more games left to prove us that you can at least get to seven wins and finish out this season at seven and five. But seven and five is is a huge disappointment, especially where we started at and how well we played at points in this year. Um, it's very frustrating, very frustrating. And I, and I, that's why I said, I started this segment out. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it's crazy how, as you're talking, how, how similar it is to the A&M situation. I mean, I, I think, I think they're obviously their season has been worse, but they didn't have the expectations that Texas A&M had coming in. Uh, but it's crazy to think like those coaches have, have, uh, you know, I, I think have disappointed Given that they're in year four, it didn't more than four in year four is yeah, year four, yeah. But you know, you, you've got your recruiting class in there, and I do think there's a little bit of, hey man, you lost Kyle Pitts, you lost uh, Kyle Trask, you lost, you lost uh, Tony. What, what's Tony? You, you you know, you lost a lot of really really good players, so we can see a little bit of a slide, but not this kind of slide, not a South right? Carolina slide. I'll take it. I'll take every other loss, but that right. South Carolina one, I can't. I can't justify. I can take the Kentucky loss. Easy. Yeah. Like that's a good squad. Mark Stoops team is disciplined. They know who they are. They don't play out of pocket. They're not going to beat themselves. Right. I get that. But we saw warning signs with the USF game. And we're like, oh, Anthony Rich is going to be the difference. But then you show up to Georgia, Molly Wap. I get it. Georgia is an absolute beast. And we'll talk about that in a second. But once we get to South Carolina, Ugh, kill yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you followed up with this, <laughs> where yes, 120 points were scored in this game, but the problem is Florida didn't score 100. <laughs> yeah, know? right. They, they scored 70 of the 120, and the other team had 50, yeah. 52 to be exact. Yeah, I have a problem. Yeah, I mean, for the Florida situation is significantly worse, obviously, but there there are some 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 parallels to what's going on at, at AM from a standpoint of offensive minded coaches that are well respected that lost lost some a lot of talent and at this point in time are are I, I think um, not not reaching or exceeding expectations. Now, again, Mullen is obviously um, I mean, he it's just he stooped to a new low with the South Carolina and this this loss and then this last last week versus Sanford, but. Um, similar conversations, I think, uh, in a standpoint, not necessarily the hot seat conversation, but of what the hell's going on. How how can Florida slip that far, and how can A and M slide to a three loss football, a, a three loss team, and win seven ball games when the expectations were so high 
um, I think there's a similar conversation there to be had. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I, I'm going to stop beating that dead horse and uh, we'll move on to the last topic of the show here. Before we move on to our last topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay Instant Approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With football season well underway, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or old. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Georgia, I, I, I'm, I, I'm very close to just saying that Georgia, this year in a, one, in a snapshot one year, should go ahead and move to the AFC South. <laughs> I think the Houston Texans should just go ahead and move down to the SEC right now. Yeah. And uh, and Georgia should go ahead and take their spot in the AFC South. They're close to Jacksonville. It's not a bad commute. Uh, yeah. You know, they would probably be better suited. I mean, when you look at Georgia, I mean, who, who in the world would have thought that Georgia would be this dominating? That they'd be yeah. this compelling, this suffocating to anybody that they played. And I do have a question. Can do you think they could play? Do you think they could beat Houston right now? Do you think they could? I don't think they could beat them, um, but I, I think they could compete with them. I, I'll be honest with you. I know that there's a lot of people out there, and I'm serious, it's a heart attack with this too. There's a lot of people out there that anytime the conversation of the best college team in, in college football, uh, could, could they compete with the worst? NFL football team that particular year. I know the conversation used to be the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, and and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Hurricane back in the day when they had all the monsters on that team and the Cincinnati Bengals when they were really bad. Um, now the conversation to me has shifted Georgia and and the Houston Texans and and I, I, I honestly believe that they they could compete with the Houston Texans. I've seen number one. I, I, there is obviously a talent gap between. Georgia and an NFL franchise. I understand that. There's no yeah. question about it. There's a talent gap, but I, I will. I, I think there's a conversation there to be had that 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 talent gap is not as significant as it is as one might think. And I think I think there's a conversation there that 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 talent gap uh, is not going to overcome the fact that we're in week ten and David Culley down here with the Houston Texans is still talking about penalties and turnovers when his team can't do anything right I mean they 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 can't they can't manage it Max they called a timeout on third and 13 from their own four they called a timeout to save two yards to, to I mean to, I mean it was unbelievable I mean stuff like that stuff like that Max David Cully it was third and like 12 or 14 or something they had like a a, a completion that they were still two yards short of the first down marker right they yeah. declined. They declined the penalty, took the completion to make it fourth and two, and then punted. I mean, like, like it's it's stuff like that. Like, like these guys down here are so poorly coached, man. And and there there is there. I mean, it, it is it is unbelievably bad from a culture standpoint, from a a, a details of the game standpoint, from a game management standpoint in Houston. So I just think that. Georgia doesn't have a turnover problem. They don't have a penalty problem. They don't have a defensive defensive line stay in your gap problem, right? They've got. The, I think they are a much more well coached football team, and I think that would make up enough of that talent gap to give them a chance to compete. So yeah, I, I think Georgia could compete with the Houston Texans right now. Where do you sit? Where do you sit, Max, on the the best college football team any given year and the worst NFL team any given year in those two guys? being on the same field together. Where, where do you sit on those? I would say 14 points. I give it a two-touchdown okay. difference in the game. I think if you spotted the best college team 14 points against the worst NFL team, we've got a dogfight. We've got a line. Um, that's okay. just how I, I believe that's what it is. Just because there's Asian experience, you're talking about the top 1.5% of players being culminated in the NFL. So yep. those guys will intimidate – even your best elite freshman at some point, if he's staring across from an NFL DB. Um, so I give it a two touchdown differential at best. Um, but I think if you do spot him 14, 
you're in for a hell of a fight. <laughs> hey, hey, Max, I, I, I read I read yesterday, man. Where where get this? Georgia lost nine players last year to the draft. Yeah, they're sitting right now with with seventeen players possibly getting drafted this year. Seventeen, and we know some of them boys at the top are big boys now. So <laughs> they're yeah. game yeah. changers. And so when I look across the board and I go, okay, there's 22 starters on a team, and these cats are looking at 17 potential players drafted, this ain't your everyday run-of-the-mill college football team that happens to be number one in the country. These are different animals. And by the way, the, the, I, I will, the kicker's one of them, so we can take him off the list and make it 16. JT Daniels is one of them, so we can take him off the list because he's not starting and give them 15. So 15 of 22 are players that will likely be drafted this year. You still got a different monster at Georgia. I, I just think there's a real there's a real possibility that Kirby Smart, the Kirby Smart factor, could uh, could close that gap significantly. Yeah, no, and think about this: the only reason Saban has not had higher numbers is because the kids weren't eligible yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because right. when you think about it, Kirby had all three quarterbacks on his roster at one time, and all three of them are starting in the NFL. Yeah but they were in successive years. So, I mean, that would skew his numbers even more. If all of them got drafted at the same time, he would probably have similar numbers. Whereas Kirby has shown you that this has been a systematic kind of grooming of these kids to get them to this opportunity, creating a Bama type effect, but you got more guys coming in at once now because of a shorter window. So, I mean, I think it's really incredible. And I mean, yes, we're giving Georgia their roses, but hell, you know, as my as my grandma always said, give me my rose while I'm alive so I can enjoy them. I don't want to see this when I'm dead. You know <laughs> hey, what I'm saying? Hey, that's right. <laughs> hey, Max, I, I like I like your 14-point window, man, because I'll be honest with you. I sat down here covering these Texans, and these Texans had a couple of 14-plus-point windows with NFL teams. So I, I, I think it, there's a there's a little bit of validity there in my in my my take. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, hey guys. We want to thank y'all once again. This has been SEC Primetime. He's Clint Sterner. I'm Max Starks. Tune in next week. Remember, continue to hit like, subscribe. We'll keep doing this. Clint will keep bringing the silver bullets, and we're going to keep knocking down this SEC season as it comes to a close. Take care and thanks.